0: One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice You can change the word, One one, my, one voice You can change the world, choice One one, my, one
1: voice
2: Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show Building the Collective Conscious A show that is created to give space Where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions Can be heard,
3: appreciated, and debated I am Michael Eric Owens. And I'm Deshaun Thornton. I like, I'm like, I'm like how you sound over there, man. You man, sound very calm, very mellow. You know, man, it's, it's one of those days. Down.
2: Yeah, yeah. Smooth jazz sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days, man. I mean, it's Sunday, right? Um, we got a little overcast mm-hmm. and, um, you know, coming to the end of the weekend and um, just feeling a little, little mellow, really. You sound uh, very mentally well. Oh do I? Do I? You do. So okay. Yeah, we had a little drop down on the volume there. Oh, uh my man, uh, <laughs> up the volume, Richard. But man, today's title, it's all mental. It's and all you, in the mind. It's all in well, yeah, it's all in the mind. And uh, you know, we wanna look at mental illness and the issues associated with that in this episode and we have uh man i mean just uh, throughout this country um you know you we hear it so much D, with um what happened in uh the church shooting mm-hmm. in texas right we hear it so much with uh las vegas mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know we hear example after example after I, example and um and and i and i don't know whether we've gotten to the point where um, we take mental illness seriously. Um, And the reason why I say that, if you look at not just Oklahoma, although Oklahoma is like atrocious and trying to deal with these mental health issues and all the cuts that they're making to the services for the um, mentally ill, um, those that are challenged with these. And and we're gonna find out today that you might fall into this category, even yeah. if you don't know it. Right. Exactly. Uh, there's you know, we got to remove the stigma. We'll be dealing with that a little bit. Um, but across the country, brother, I mean, services are being cut for,
3: um, man, some of the most vulnerable in our society. I mean, we look at, uh, like you said, across the country, we see communities who need help mm. um, and are getting shortchanged or just not exposed to programs who can uh, deal with the issues. <clears throat> take the magnitude that it's going to take To really uh, cause I mean to End in, in some type of change mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because You know this is this is some type of ongoing Thing it's not like you're You're you know sad today Maybe tomorrow you know you're just going to get yeah. it all Together overnight and so You need people who are also committed to the cause And who are committed to really working with families And with mm-hmm. individuals uh, to, to finish the race with them And alongside of them and you deal with this uh, on a one-on-one basis more
2: than me, mm. um, you know, when you're dealing with our young people um, and also uh, when you're doing your thing and uh, with domestic abuse. Yeah. I know you see, man, you seeing from uh, from young to old. Mm. And uh, so your your insight and your observation is going to be critical uh, as we have this discussion. Uh, but I, I think we see it um, – Every day in 45, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and and, you know, why? Well, yeah, it is humorous and uh, it's easy for me to laugh about it. But, you know, I'm not the only one that thinks right. this 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 gentleman has,
3: uh, you know, some chronic mental Illnesses. Yes, we've had you know top scholars who um, major and study in psychology and brain function and all of these different areas, <clears throat> and they are now coming out and giving their analysis of what uh, they think mm-hmm. uh, are some of the symptoms and signs of uh, maybe some mental illness diagnosis that he may yeah. fall under the category of. Um, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Let's let's check out this video and uh, you you be the judge.
4: Absolutely with all the psychologists that I've spoken to in different meetings, and I belong to institutes, and I go to different meetings, we all agree that there is something really wrong. There's a mental pervasive disorder characterized by self-interest, aggression, instability, lying, stealing, cheating, and grandiosity. And it actually has a deteriorating course so he would just get worse. Usually someone with a narcissistic personality disorder is driven by self-interest and um, they're pretty destructive and can be untreatable. For the most part, they're one of the most difficult personality disorders to treat and the reason for that is because they don't take interpretation. They don't take feedback. So that's a very dangerous um, thing for a candidate to have or characteristic for a candidate to have that they're not exchanging, they're not taking in reality. So there's a sort of an unrealistic um, way that someone like this operates in the world according to their own self-interest. I saw in the news that he doesn't feel he needs daily briefings of um, what's going on in the world with security so there you see the grandiosity there's no other president I believe that wouldn't need daily briefings I mean the security of America and the citizens are at stake but he doesn't feel he needs that and then followed by the fact that he's smart There's the narcissism. So there's the all-knowing grandiosity. I don't need to learn anything. I know best. And nobody gets to tell him anything. And I think that that's what's dangerous with this kind of personality. He has found himself in a position where he is able to be omnipotent which is also very dangerous with someone like him because now he thinks he is he has absolute control and that he's intimidated enough people to be scared of him and he can do what he wants the most important thing to be concerned about is the impulsivity when he gets slighted and enraged he will act out he will have access to the nuclear codes and with his level of impulsivity and instability, that is dangerous for the country and dangerous for the free world.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she pretty much described him like um, a child, you know. Yeah, yeah that that's a lot to digest it is uh, one of the main things she she kept saying is that he doesn't take feedback he mm-hmm. doesn't listen to anybody mm-hmm. we see that uh time after time when mm-hmm. he's telling uh everybody else about uh <laughs> about what's what's real and what's not mm-hmm. real yeah. uh and he gets to decide that for everybody else uh discounting everybody else's opinion or uh stance on it yeah
2: impulsivity i mean this he is a guy that just is. He has no control over his impulses, mm-hmm. and uh, he's easily, um, uh, you know. Um, I think he's 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 easily upset. He's easily irritable. Yeah, irritable. He's 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 easily driven to anger. Um, and and I remember when she talked about the narcissistic personality, driven by self-interest. This is a guy that has done this all his life. It's been all about him, all about his world. He's had people answering to him, people kowtowing to him. This whole thing about the apprentice, being in charge, telling people that you're fired, being seen as this great businessman, this self-made billionaire that that did it all himself. And I remember him saying, um, uh, I alone can solve these problems. You know, that's pretty bold. Yeah. I mean, who, who would who would say that? I mean, if if you were not dealing with as she talked about um, these person with a personality disorder, right, um, you know, with narcissistic tendencies, I mean, and he's always this this grandi, you know, this grandiosity, you know, this idea of uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. You know, it's so big. It's so oh, it's like never seen before. Like his election, you know, I won mm-hmm. uh, you know, more electoral votes than than ever before. And then when they say, "Well, actually, President Obama got more than you," oh, I'm talking Republicans. Well, no, no, no. Actually, George, uh, I think it was George H. Bush d- d- got more than you, George H. W. Bush or one of the Bushes. And he was like, "Uh, well, somebody just told me this." You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like that's feedback, right? That's, that's when you say, wow, I, I guess I'm wrong, right? I guess I got the wrong information. But no, the personality disorder, the narcissistic
3: tendency simply says, no, no, no. I'm always right. You're wrong. And so, Mike, to your point, there are other professionals out there who are saying that President Donald Trump does not fit the criteria for mental illness. This mm-hmm. guy um, – Alan Francis Mm -hmm. uh, says, you know, like you said, he kind of says these things as a way to stir up the crowd. It's kind of repetitive, but they draw up emotion. And so that's the reason why he said this. He says that they wrote these things down in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Illnesses Mm. as a as a descriptor of something that was going on in the clinical trial. Mm. But not that it would be used against our president. Mm. As ammunition to to discredit him and the decisions that he's made as the leader of the free world. Mm, mm. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean it's
2: it's dangerous because um, you know if if you would be honest with yourself, I don't know you might be dealing with depression or you might be dealing with anxiety. Or um, you might be dealing with, um, you know, personality disorder, bipolarism or something. Um, I mean, if if you would be honest with yourself, you would say I need not, not only do I need assistance, but I need people around me mm-hmm. that understand my illness and can help me deal with life. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that. You know, I'm not a proponent for saying that everyone needs to take something um, that appeal is going to cure everything in in your life. I'm not here to say that. But what I'm saying, sometimes you need some medication. Right. And sometimes you need, you know, that sort of support circle around you, whether it's therapists, Mm -hmm. whether it's family members that can say, you know, you manic. Right. I mean, I mean, really, you need to we we need to talk because you're you're manic right now right? Are you taking your medication? You know, out of concern and love for someone. The danger is is that me being a person um that might have a mental dis- disorder or illness uh disability, however you want to define it, you know, my circle is small. Here is a man that I mean, his circle is large. Right. I mean, and we hear the things coming out of his mouth, man. I just I just think it's so dangerous. And I think this answers a lot of the questions that people say, well, man, how can he say that or how can he keep lying like that? How can he? the man has a mental
3: illness? And at his level of status uh, may be hard for him to admit. Oh, and we're going to get into that next—the stigmatization of people who suffer in silence. Absolutely, um, yeah. He could never. I mean, the the
2: narcissistic, um, you know, part of who he is could never admit that. Folks, um, listen. Uh, that's forty-five and out on down the road. Forty-five and down. If we, did, if down we didn't the road. Uh, give you the title to that, but uh, we're going to get into this thing called mental illness, and we want to hear from you check in with us and uh, let us know uh, your thoughts uh, you might be dealing with a mental illness uh, this is a platform for you to talk about we, we listen folks we, we're not in the position to judge we're in a position to love and so folks listen we're gonna take a break we'll be right back <laughs>
3: This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie.
0: And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to...
3: One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. is Elijah Bailey. This is Richard Tafflin from the Elijah Bailey Show, bringing you all the content that you could ever desire about anime, manga, comic books, martial arts, fitness, and more. You can find us at Elijah Bailey Show on the official Facebook page and also Elijah Bailey Show without the W on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and rate on iTunes and PopPay.
2: Welcome back, folks. Um, getting a little deeper into this, let's, uh, let's just take, you know, um, Let's take a listen to an individual that's talking about their situation as they deal with their mental challenges.
5: When it comes to mental illness, just because you can't see the pain doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's a touchy subject, so much so that people struggling often feel isolated. But the truth is, they're far from alone. Vicki Patterson had a nightmare for a childhood. I was suicidal from the time
1: I was about 11 to 13, somewhere along in that age range, until right at 55.
5: As a child, Vicky was molested, used in pornography, and raised in an unfit home. The abuse and neglect left her with many unanswered questions. I knew I was different. I knew it
1: through elementary school. I knew it through junior high. I knew it through high school. I knew it raising my children but I didn't know what it was. It was like a piece of a puzzle
5: missing. It wasn't until she was 55 years old that Vicky was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, PTSD, and depression, the missing piece to her puzzle. Vicki's case, although extreme, is not uncommon. One in four Americans experiences mental illness. That's 61.5 million people suffering, often in silence. I think that if it was anything but mental illness, we'd be talking about an epidemic. One in four people you know is most families. Mom, dad, two kids. So someone in that family's life is going to be touched by mental illness. Mental illness is defined as a wide range of conditions that affect mood, thinking, and behavior.
1: They may have difficulty getting out of bed. They may have uh, thought distortion. They might have a lot of anxiety about things. A smaller population um, of individuals will have more chronic uh, mental illness. And for them, it, could be, it pr- could be very significant. It could mean inability to keep a job. It could mean um, you know uh, family falling apart. Um, or it even could mean you know,
6: suicide
5: and lead to death. The following are signs that you or a loved one may want to speak to a medical or mental health professional. Excessive worrying, extreme sadness, problems concentrating, mood changes, avoiding social activities, changes in sleeping and eating habits, substance abuse, or thoughts of suicide. As you can see, suffering from a mental illness is hard enough, but overcoming the misconceptions about your disease can be even harder.
1: We've been shamed, we've been put down so much
5: that we blame ourselves. We are the problem. But as Dr. Bill Fole, a professor of school and clinical psychology at Western Kentucky University, explains
1: blaming somebody for a mental illness is a way to push them further into the problem rather than getting them to seek help.
5: He went on to say that seeking help is often the hardest step toward recovery for two reasons: fear and ignorance
1: people are afraid of the unknown Uh, they're afraid that they have something that's one not treatable which is not probably true and two that it's always lived in the culture that you don't need treatment for these you just need to get over it so you put those together it's a pretty powerful message
5: but there is hope the woman you met at the beginning of this story is proof that you can recover from mental illness Vicki Patterson is now a peer specialist here at the Wellness Center of Bowling Green, where she's able to share her story in hopes of helping others. My
1: biggest goal has been to give back. I don't want to see young people going through the mental illness and it take them to 55 years old to come out of it. Because life after mental illness... It's a freedom. You're in a prison with mental illness. Your mind is in a prison. Just as much as if I was in the jail. I mean, I was in a prison. I am free. I am free to be who I'm gonna be.
5: The first step toward recovery is a simple trip to your doctor who can prescribe medication to cope with your symptoms or refer you to a specialist here in South. All
2: right, all right, folks. Um, Vicki. Patterson, I believe that's was a that
3: very inspiring story, yeah, I, I mean, and especially I, for those, and we mentioned this uh back in our, our earliest episode about people who go well throughout the lifespan mm-hmm. fifty, sixty, seventy years old, and are still lost like children um and so as as Vicky noted it's good to notice the signs and be able to surround yourself with people who can get you on that pathway to recovery. Absolutely, and, um,
2: you know, you're you're, you're so right. I mean, building that uh, support system,
3: and acknowledging, I mean, coming out of the shadows, right? She had a lot of trauma, I mean, stuff she just could not talk about, being sexually abused, used in pornography. These are not things that people can uh, come up and and talk to you about in normal conversation without them looking at you strange or, you know. Absolutely, Um,
2: speaking of her abuse, neglect, you know, PTSD, depression, borderline personality disorder. Um, how she felt so shame. You know, the shame that went along with trying cooking. And, you know, uh, even talk about that. But these these adverse childhood experiences. You know, these. And I and I want us. You know, to focus on trauma because as we get more deeper into the show, we're going to see that man. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not think you've had some trauma in your childhood. But many of us have dealt with trauma in our childhood and this adverse childhood experiences, including abuse and neglect. They may also include household dysfunction, such as witnessing domestic violence or growing up with family members who have substance use disorders, physical neglect, emotional neglect. And you can actually uh, take an ACE test. I mean, you can go out. All you have to do is Google it. You can take an ACE test and it's a tally of the different types of abuses, neglect and other hallmarks of a rough childhood. According to get this, folks, to the adverse childhood experience study, the rougher your childhood, the higher your score is likely to be and the higher your risk for later health problems. I'm going to encourage you to go out and do that. I did it. So uh, I want to encourage you to go out there. It made me think about a lot of things that I have not thought about, mm-hmm. D., you know, when it comes to our childhood, right? right so, sometimes that stuff seemed like normal, right? And I then you like, no. Nah. <laughs> you look back, you're like, no, no, no,
3: no. You know, what was going on wasn't really normal, right? Yeah, like Vicky explained, you know, she noticed it early on throughout her, her childhood and throughout, you know, adulthood even that she was not like other people. And there are a lot of other people who feel like that. Uh, Just for a second, let's Mm -hmm. go back and define what mental health is. Go ahead. Uh, Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Uh, so Mike like you're saying these things are are going to continue to be on our minds, no matter how hard we try to suppress them subconsciously they're there um you know pulling at us in some in mm-hmm. some ways navigating the way we 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 act and behave, and uh, we don't even know it sometimes Absolutely. so uh, it's, it's important to just educate yourself first of all about uh what mental health options are available to you, what mm-hmm. things that are what things are um appealing to you there are over a hundred different types of uh, therapies and psycho and, uh, modalities. So, I mean, there, there are lots of options. So, if it's, it's if it's something that you are specifically looking for, there's there's many and plenty of resources out there. Let, let's talk for a minute, uh,
2: brother, about some early warning signs of um, uh, having okay. a mental health <laughs> issue. So eating, maybe, yeah, eating or sleeping too much or too late.
3: Yeah, stand up late. Mm. Watching T V for no reason. <laughs> Eat a Netflix twenty hours <laughs> 20, straight. Twenty hours. Don't even know straight. why. <laughs> Something is on the mind, but you got it.
4: Yeah. Them.
3: Okay, uh, how about um pulling away from people and usual activities? Can't we, show up to the to the to the You know, I, I I battle with this because um
2: man, I I just don't like being around a lot of people. You know what I mean? I and mean, I, is it and like for exter- extended periods of time? Mean, I, listen, place? I could probably not be around people forever. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just to me like, well, let me just say this. I don't like being around people that um, that are not in my circle. Let me say like that, right? I mean, because I feel like I'm being force. I feel like I, I have to somehow blend in. I feel it brings me anxiety. Yeah. You you know what I mean. So I I, I I do battle with, you know, hey man, won't you come, you know, this is going on. And I'm like, man, you folks don't know me. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And you all you really trying to do is get up in my business. So yeah. there's some paranoia there yeah. too as well. Um and I'm not ashamed to, to say it, man. Um I'm very comfortable in my skin And so, yeah, I do kind of um, think about that sometimes, I kind of take
3: that one, too, more in a sense of, like, um, protecting and appreciating my own time. Yeah. And so, like, if there's something going on, it's like, man, I mean, yeah. yeah, I could, but I'm not. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, you know, just having value for your time and for yourself. When you do need those moments just to be, I mean... Reflecting
2: you know? Yeah and that's uh, That's the health you, you put it in a more Healthier way than me I think I might just have A, a mental disorder In that In that area Having low or no energy mm. wow. that, that makes it be like A life problem Sometimes <laughs> You know that's right Man I don't want to do jack You know that's I don't right. have the energy For nothing You know that's right man I don't know if that's An indicator <laughs> I'm in trouble
3: right. um, Smoking Drinking Or using drugs More than usual yeah uh using drugs more than usual psa okay <laughs> just say no
2: just say no. drugs <laughs> just say just say no um
3: feeling helpless or hopeless mm. and i think uh that 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 is the biggest thing um, mm-hmm. sometimes for people who just don't have uh anything to look up look look forward to yeah. uh nothing to spark the day
1: yeah
3: and yeah. uh, so feeling helpless and hopeless is a, a sea planet to uh, Blossom all those other things mm-hmm. that make you feel you know kind of worthless and what am I here for type of thing and you know a lot of that I mean going back to those adverse childhood
2: experiences um, I mean as a child if you're told you're never going to amount to nothing you know your daddy wasn't good you're not going to be good I mean that that can lead a person into depression into also hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we have a lot of people out there that simply think nothing's good is going to happen to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all related to the trauma that they witness when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's,
3: um, you know, and I. And and there's, I there's, uh, there's a lot of science on this, the effects of um, domestic violence on children and uh, how the brain is, is shaped and, and made. Uh, in relation to how that child is exposed Absolutely. to domestic violence. Oh yeah, uh, and so go check that stuff. That's, I mean, is, there's so many factors, and and
2: and I, and I think you know one of the the biggest lessons to kind of take out of you know this show is where am I at? You know, what am I dealing with? Right, and not so much of um, you know, this perf view of the situation or of our country or what someone else is dealing with what are you dealing with mm. what am i dealing with what 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 am i trying to hide from myself what am i afraid to tell others about what i'm dealing with because i feel like i'm going to be judged or or with the mental health stigma that exists out there oh man i mean it's um it's uh it's 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 a tough situation but i think only if we are honest with ourselves um, then can we begin to look at some sort of solution or help or services? And I will also say that, um, um, that man, being being
3: black is, is a whole other thing, too. Yeah, so there are different approaches you take, and I think uh, a, a great deal of cultural competence comes into mm. play when you have clinicians who are trying to uh, help the African-American yeah. or people from other communities, uh, understanding who you're dealing with uh, that culture, that person, that because we don't want to talk about it. those uh, those stereotypes and types of things that go on, mm. uh, and especially you know Mookie is just you know yeah, he just crazy, yeah Mookie just crazy, yeah, and y'all be rocking man. <laughs> <laughs> he don't jumped up off the deep end as they say. You know what I'm saying? He just I mean, need to stop all smoking yeah. all that weed, y'all I mean, getting all and that that's trouble. Funny because we have these generalized ways of dealing with uh, helping others through situations, so we will say something like that, man. Just hey, man. Just chill out, man. Why don't you yeah. just be good every mm-hmm. once in a while, man? <laughs> Dang, man, you ain't your tired of your mama crying, man.
2: Yeah, like like a Mookie can just you fix just it himself. Don't get it, man. And I, so so let's let's take a a, a listen to um, you know the impact of slavery and other trauma uh, tra- traumas as it relates to uh, black folks.
7: When you look at the historical experience of African Americans in the United States, uh, you have to start with the experience of slavery and the vestiges of slavery in terms of the tra- the trauma associated with it. And I think that um, you know blacks continue to experience uh, trauma in, in in certain ways, and certainly with respect to. Uh, those who live in urban communities that are uh, sort of uh, infested with drugs or that are particularly violent, those are traumatic situations that they experience on a daily basis. Certainly, uh, as we've seen in, um, in recent events, interactions with the police can be, again, particularly traumatic. So when you talk about mental illness in a black community, I think you have to begin with the experience of trauma and how trauma continues to abound in, um, in their experiences and in their, in their daily lives. I think that what happens for a lot of individuals is that they suffer in silence um, with respect to having a mental illness. And so, what I mean by that. In the greater society, um, there's certainly a lot of stigma associated with mental illness. Um, It's sort of uh, antithetical to the American ethic, which is to, you know, be strong and courageous, to pull yourself up by the bootstrap, to weather the storm, etc. I think the second part of that, you know, point is what's happening at the community level or the society level, and I think what happens is that within the black community, um, I think that again, you know, that ethic uh, about what it means to be strong and courageous um, is particularly pronounced because um, of trying to, you know, combat those forces like discrimination or racism. Um, and, you know, it just adds to the burden of, you know, sort of what it means to survive. And so then the person who's struggling with the mental illness is perhaps not embraced or. You know, warmly accepted because of their struggles. You know, I remember uh, as, a, as a as a as a young person growing up, I used to hear about the person who was quote unquote sent down south. I used to wonder what that meant, and it wasn't until I got older that I became um, you know more knowledgeable of the fact that a per that person was struggling with a mental illness or perhaps substance abuse. From a historical perspective, there's been a lot of emphasis in the black community, particularly in black families, uh, on keeping your problems close to the vest in the home. You don't share what's going on with outsiders. No one can uh, treat you as best as your family can. You bring all your burdens and your problems to your family. And if you do take it any to any entity outside of your family, it's the black church. The church is really important in the black community. Make no mistake about it. It's uh, a source of, uh, you know, sort of salvation and uh, and healing. And there's the whole collective support uh, from, you know, you get from your fellow churchgoers and that sort of thing. But I think also what has historically happened is that um, the church has been defined as the place to, you know, sort of, relieve your symptoms or to address your burdens, and so it stops there. And what I think needs to happen is that, first of all, I think pastors and lay ministers can be more trained uh, in the signs and presentations of uh, mental illness, but I think that the church could be sort of a triage unit, if you will, such that it identifies those who have needs and it's that sort of first step. And the you know, sort of entree into care, but it shouldn't stop there. I believe that culturally competent care is critical to everything. If patients perceive that providers are inauthentic and do not care about their unique circumstances, then they're likely to be turned off. At a baseline, providers should understand their. The history of their neighborhoods, for example, or the history of the experience of uh, of African Americans and Latinos, uh, such that they can put the clinical presentation into context and understand what unique factors um, are in play with respect to the clinical presentation and how that person is seeking to, you know, survive and live in the world as. An African American or a Latino, and so I think that it's the onus is on the provider to understand that context and to understand what it means uh, for that person to live in that context.
2: Yeah, wow. I, I want to, for a moment, just um, kind of focus on. This idea of trauma as it relates to slavery, and I think for so many people that uh, don't experience this that are outside of the black community, and not everyone, not everyone says this d um get over slavery mm-hmm. It was a long time ago that not I'm, so i'm not generalizing this to um Other ethnicities. And and but I'm saying there is a there is a segment of the population that seems to think slavery was a long time ago. What does it have to do with anything now? My 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 ancestors didn't have slaves. Well, you don't know that, but you can say that Uh, I don't have slaves. So why are we still talking about slavery? And I think the uh, for me and, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But for me, it is the um, it's not necessarily. Um, but to some degree, it is the subjugation and the in the chattel slavery of holding someone as property. To me, it's more of the institution of second class citizenship of no rights of a system A slave system, a Jim Crow system, a convict leasing system, a mass incarceration system that carries out the same sort of goals Mm -hmm. in the modern era that causes trauma, police brutality, Mm -hmm. right? It's the same sort of thing. You know, you can't distinguish. And I think what people try to do is distinguish between what happened so long ago um, But folks, it's the same system, right? And so any every black child growing up will be reminded of that system. Now get this, they will be reminded of it and then they will more than likely experience it. So how can we say,
3: oh man, you just need to get over that? You can't because it matters. All of it matters. I think uh, the thing is that we have lost the value of the whole story you know like we take the segments and parts that make us feel nice and run with those but the the fact of the matter is that even in my experience with black children even though they have not experienced slavery firsthand mm-hmm. they still suffer the consequences of the systems that mike uh, just spoke about that upheld the Jim Crowism and all these other things that still kind of play themselves out in today's society and so they are up they are confronted daily with that reality because of it happening so long ago it still has size and symptoms of, of uh, itself today I mentioned in an earlier episode about the two kids I, I heard talking about skin tone mm. and being light-skinned versus dark skin that's a psychological issue there um in in reference to in preference you know yeah white versus black or yeah. white versus dark uh and so w- what is, what does that come from yeah you know and so yeah. i can't say that uh that's because uh, we've always loved each other's skin colors mm. uh, i can't say that's because we've always agreed on whose skin was uh the best, the prettiest, mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. The, mo- the most uh appealing. Yeah. Uh so I mean there there are always signs of those things still incorporated into the new society even though they haven't mm-hmm. you know so so long ago. Yeah. I mean
2: man, you said a mouthful, brother. Um the the child that's in elementary school that's in social studies that reads about Jim Crow and sees a black water fountain and a white one and learns about Martin Luther King and the fight for civil rights and sees the video of dogs attacking black people. What message and they return to a community that in a lot of cases is blighted, a food desert, homes are boarded up. What message does that send to that young child? Does it, it it to me it sends a message of hopelessness? Yeah, it does not reinforce positivity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh we do have a comment here. Um it says um Being poor and hungry and cold as a child, then going through the same things in the military made me discover that at age 47, I found out I had PTSD. Wow. Adverse childhood experiences,
3: right? Uh, I have another comment here. Um, It says, amazing sister and friend of mine was diagnosed with bipolar at the age 12. She is now late thirties. She cured her bipolar disorder with daily self-care ritual practices such as neuro linguistic programming, yoga, meditation, and has never needed pharmaceutical brain chemical altering medications. From a holistic perspective and medical background, I do not recommend seeking medications as a first resort. As human beings, we have the ability to heal ourselves with proper self-care. I have also battled with anxiety and depression and healing and am healing myself of a daily of that daily with internal spiritual work meditation yoga writing positive affirmations being expressive creative etc but don't get me wrong some people may benefit from medications depending Mm -hmm. on the individual Mm -hmm. and also says and plant medicine well i mean that's that's great advice uh thanks for both of
2: those comments i mean PTSD, man, is is a deep issue that we're finding out that our veterans are coming back and they're dealing with, but it's connected to a lot of the trauma in folks' lives as well. And I, 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 I always believe that we should do everything in our own power to take care of our mental health. Um, but, you know, sometimes as the um, as um, the comment uh that we that we receive. Um medication is the only option. Um but um be proactive, mm-hmm. right, in, in your own mental health and rec because I think once you recognize something and you come like to this realization. Right. Um that moment of truth. Man. Then you then you can you can you can be on your journey to living a healthy life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to come out of the shadows, D. Um, we got to pay some bills right quick. Folks, we're going, we're we, we getting just a little bit deeper. Keep your comments coming. We love hearing from you. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
3: This is Elijah Bailey. This is Richard Taplin from the Elijah Bailey Show, bringing you all the content that you could ever desire about anime, manga, comic books, martial arts, fitness, and more. You can find us at Elijah Bailey Show on the official Facebook page and also Elijah Bailey Show without the W on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and rate on iTunes and Podbean. This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. just want to let you guys know you can go to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast Stream directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time.
4: This is Dr. Laura Jalat, and when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the one mic
2: one Voice Show. Welcome back, folks. I, I, I want to share some staggering numbers with you. 1.2 million individuals living with mental illness sit in a jail or prison each year. 1.2 million. And often this involves petty criminal offenses. Jaywalking, disorderly conduct, mm-hmm. trespassing, getting caught with a blunt. You know what I mean? That's in the <laughs> vernacular right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in, and it says here that it, it gives a breakdown of um, <laughs> that it talks about um, the states and access to um, mental health. And Oklahoma is number 49. Mm-hmm access to mental health 49 and they talk about per 100 100,000 people Oklahoma locks up 700 people okay as compared to Maine which locks up 153 the only worse is Louisiana and we know the history of Louisiana when it comes to locking folks up, they're at eight hundred and sixteen per one hundred thousand.
3: We are forty nine. Wow! Say we got a place for you. <laughs> Can't I mean, help it, you deal with this, but I got a place for you. You know, it's 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 like <laughs> got no resources for your girl. I got a place. I got,
2: I'm gonna lock you up, and they say it it to to treat a person a year with mental illness is too is is two thousand dollars to treat a person incarcerated is twenty thousand dollars the math doesn't even add up the math tells you that if you properly treat mental illness it will help your
3: your state revenue right take those numbers and look at college tuition you know (laughs) exactly a a better purpose and sending those folks off to be able to do so with their lives as opposed to Spinning them behind bars. It, it makes no sense. And and uh, you know we want to
2: we want to take a look at this. Uh, these are two two separate uh, accounts of two people dealing with mental illness. Uh, these are two um, black folks um, um, snapping the chain. Snapping the chain. Take a listen.
0: Sometimes when you have a mental illness, you feel so different. It's like you're not even, you know, you feel so disconnected. Like I can't even feel like other people feel, you know? When I would burn myself, the sound of the needle hitting my skin, I could hear my skin burning. It brings back that, okay, I I am human. I am here because I can feel this pain.
6: both times it was drug related my first time going to prison is when they put all the labels on me the psychiatrist will talk to you for five minutes and give you a diagnosis and nine chances out of ten it's wrong and you really shouldn't be there Because that's taking the guy that has mental challenges and placing him with the guy that's just a straight up criminal. And you know what's going to happen, it's going to be trouble.
0: My mother and father asked me who I wanted to live with and I chose my father and um, that really really hurt her. At that time she could not see that I was just a child, she just saw someone who she loved leaving her and so as a result I hated myself for it. It was a very traumatic event for me um, because I was like simultaneously disowned by both of my parents. So I think that is what really brought about the depression and the anxiety because I couldn't understand why I was even born, why I was even here. Um, And so I started to do, um, I started to do a lot of uh, self-mutilization. I looked really, looked really ugly and just disgusting. I just felt like I was just a worthless person.
6: I can say the trauma and the scars that we carry and the pain that we carry and it's not okay to talk about it you know and I don't care because the truth needs to come out
0: I didn't want to die without having my voice heard I felt like there was some reason why I had gone through the things that I had gone through and there is some reason why I have depression and people need to understand that and I feel like that couldn't be something that could be written in a suicidal note
6: so a lot of my experiences. I didn't realize how painful they were until I became mature, you know. And then I realized the hurt that I carried and the reason that I acted out in the way that I did.
0: It's this kind of self-hatred within ourselves, it's um, this perception that everybody else has around us. We have kind of, we've taken it in and we've kind of lived it out.
6: I feel like there's something wrong to admit that you have some form of mental challenge.
0: Taboo in the African American community is, it can be, it can be hard. Both my mother and father have that, that they're carrying that weight of our ancestors, of their parents and what they went through. So much mental damage was done to the African American community through slavery.
6: Tell you they got AIDS before they tell you that uh, they have some form of mental illness, and it's just that much stigma.
0: When you're seeking help, when you're trying to become well, if you get a if you get a deep cut and you go to the doc, you don't say, "Oh, that's a white thing. I'm not gonna go to the doctor. My leg is bleeding and I'm losing feeling, but I'm not gonna go to the doctor."
6: thing you have to do is remove the so-called stigma from it.
0: Because African-American people need to really comprehend what mental health illness is before we can proceed with any other you know area of achievement in this in America.
6: Today I'm challenged because I suffer from major depression and I'm fortunate to find a man that treated the depression and not just zonk me out so I wouldn't be a problem.
0: Everybody needs support. Everybody has that one person or that friend or whoever, relative whoever, that they call on when they just need to talk to somebody. And that, that's really what therapy is.
6: And I finally started to believe that I had a chance, that I was going to be okay. After so many people told me I would never make it and I do mean so many people.
0: The moment that I actually found out I was having a daughter, the first like I I honestly cried. But now that I have my daughter, she is she is my only she is like my saving grace. I'm trying to focus on just letting Zion be a kid and focus on what I tell her, the words that I use because I think that we kind of forget that our kids, maybe our kids, but they're human beings in the making. And the things that we teach them, the things that we do to them, has a huge, has a huge effect on what they do in their adult lives and what they're gonna to do to their children.
6: Being a black man, it's very hard to show any kind of fear. Wow.
2: I mean, it's, uh, man, those are, those are two uh, heart-wrenching stories. But well, there are so many. Mm. I mean, that, you know, we didn't even call that the tip of the iceberg. There's so <laughs> many out there, right, that, uh, that are listening six to six us million right million now. people affected. Yeah. How many? Six million across yeah. the country. I mean, 1.2 million locked up. Mm. I mean, when you think about what he said, you take a, a person that has a mental illness and put them in the same cell with somebody that's a criminal, Man, nothing good is going to come out of that. and But that's what we do. We lock you up. We stigmatize you. Um, and as black people, and I'm, I know this is in other cultures, so I'm just not being exclusive here. Um, in black culture, we don't talk about it. No. We're afraid to talk about it. We're ashamed. And so we have this sister right here cutting herself because... She feels like she's nothing, right? Um, goes back to those adverse childhood experience, the trauma of divorce and the mother's rejection and the father's rejection. Yeah. I don't know about you, man, but if your mama rejected your daddy, how are you supposed to feel? That wouldn't make you depressed. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make you as a young child question your value as a person. Mm-hmm. A woman that's been molested, as a child, that wouldn't make her question her value, her worth. You, you, I mean, all of these things, dysfunction, yelling, screaming in the house, taking out the belt and just beating Johnny down. You don't think Johnny's going to go like, man, what, what, what? I know I did something wrong, but what? And start questioning his ability and his value as a human damage people damage other people that's true i'm just gonna keep it real folks um man we got to get a handle on this thing because the money's not coming d Mm. we are the hell we've been waiting for if you waiting on the the state government the federal government they don't care we got a man in the white house that's dealing with mental illness and he is the most i think uh naive person when it comes to who he is and what he is and what he has been. So the money's not coming. They don't care. They do not care. You know, I was at a, um, a one day thing on health just this past week. And uh, some I'm not going to say her name, but she was up giving a presentation um, and she was giving out some numbers And there in in this in this audience were probably it was 90, uh, at least 98 percent white, 2 percent black, four or five black people in there. I was one of them. And she gave out a statistic. and I'm trying to recall exactly, but it was three areas. It was talking about uh, three areas where white people are dying the most. And it was it was um, alcohol abuse it was um, drug abuse and it was it was it was and it was one other I can't recall opioid well we know that's high up there too Um, but her words were strange she looked out at that audience D and she said this is us this is us (laughs) And I thought, am I in the wrong meeting? <laughs> what is interesting about this is that we have been saying that for generations with the crack epidemic, with the war on drugs, with 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 being locked up simply for having residue in a marijuana pipe, for getting a felony like it is in Wisconsin. You get caught with a joint. The second time you get caught is a felony. With marijuana, no matter how small the amount is. We have been saying this for generations. This is us. And I said that after the meeting. I said, but so funny is now everybody wants to pay attention because it is you who is suffering now. Mental illness among the poor. (laughs) Oh my God, man has been for generations a problem in the black community but there's a different segment now suburbia mm-hmm. right okay. Reached out and touched you. they have it all right um, they're turning to drugs because of their depression um, because of their adverse childhood experiences they too are cutting themselves um, but this is us. This is all of us. <laughs> and I'm glad that uh, some folks are recognizing that, but they're recognizing it. You know, she didn't say this is all of us. She said this is us. Mm-hmm. She excluded the black people. When we continue, even when you turn to the problem, <laughs> you exclude us. Wow this is uh, folks we're all dealing with this and um, as I mentioned before it's about
3: um, man doing this introspective view
2: So what you to
3: some, Mike what are some things that you do to uh, maintain mental wellness
2: well man I you know I uh, you know I'm a musician music is therapy for me I'm a writer um, writing is therapy to me I, I write down a lot of my thoughts Uh um, you know when I'm dealing with depression um man I, I like to get it out through my writings um, I sit outside a lot I like to be in nature, mm-hmm. of course, I work out uh try to burn off that sort of stress level um but I try to be aware you know of um of what i'm what I'm going through man and mm-hmm. and and I like to um you know those who uh I can trust. <laughs> which are few and far between. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I lay out my dirty laundry, man. Mm. You know, I, I'm not trying to... I'm trying to be a mystery to the world, not to those who are in my circle, you know. and that's deep. You know what I'm saying? That's um, deep. That's what I'm trying to be.
3: Um, what about you, brother? Man, I have uh, some uh, releases of my own. I just picked up the guitar last year. Wonderful. So that's, that's been a, a very good therapeutic tool for yeah. me. Uh just being able to uh, open up new brain pathways, you yeah. know, challenge the mind to do something new. Uh, <clears throat> I also like to write. Um I don't always enjoy it. Mm. Uh it's kind of <laughs> like that like you said that self-reflection can sometimes be challenging. Yeah. Um but I think it's very necessary uh to 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 in some degree deal with yourself. Mm. Um so that's something that working out a martial arts mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think having a balance of um of activities, mm. support systems, people that you can rely on that are going to hold you accountable for yeah. your mental mental health is is definitely uh something to seek think. help. Yeah. Professional help if you
2: need it. Don't uh don't be ashamed. Uh any other Sometimes
3: resources you want to talk about? There? Uh, You go out to the uh, mentalhealth.gov website there. There's uh, plenty of resources out there just to get you going in the right direction. There are also social media supports. Uh, I remember seeing a hashtag, uh, are you good, man? And are you good, sis? uh, Just to link uh, people to resources and to, to give encouraging words to brothers and sisters out there who are going through things in the daily struggles of life. But uh, there's there's all also just little things we can do to, you know, help boost our mental health each day um, and <clears throat> start, you know, get get enough sleep. Uh, diet is is critical. Uh, what you're putting into your body uh, drinks, lots of water, uh, stay positive, get around positive people, develop uh, coping skills to have a bag of tools you can use uh, for when you're dealing with different issues uh, because they all won't come the same or at the same time. So. Uh the more ready you are, the better prepared you are, the better the better you can handle uh, the things that are come coming your way. Absolutely.
2: Great show, man.
3: Uh great show folks.
2: Um this is ninety eight, moving toward one hundred. Um but this was a this was a great show. Um you and know in
3: Oklahoma City mm-hmm. go on down to the Tim Center.
2: Yeah, yeah, sustainable
3: yeah. family support. Yeah, long yeah. Long
2: give out day. the address on that. Give out the phone number. Um, give me just, I do Yeah, look for that. I uh, just say. Well, I tell you what we do. We will post it on our. Um, we post it on the Facebook page. Post a little something about what they do, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I've been down there. It's a wonderful facility, and um, you know, we all deal with it. Be strong. Uh, do not be ashamed. Um, Come out of the shadows Stand up Guess what You may have the disease But the disease Does not have you Because as always History Will speak of us Somewhere In the distant future A scribe will reach down deep Into the archives Of our time And what Will she find Will she discover That we overcame our differences Will she find that Out of many we became one, or will she find that we solve nothing and remain a divided peoples?
3: Yes, history will speak we of us. if yeah. we try. We can beat the change
5: in our lives. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love.
0: One mind, one voice, you can change the world. a choice. One mind, one voice, you can change the world. a choice. One mind, one voice, you can change the world. a choice. One mind, one voice, you can change the world. a choice.
2: Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Blacken Studios. To learn more about Black & Studios, please visit them at blackandstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing & Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing & Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might, One Voice show do not reflect the views of & Studios or Perry Publishing in Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Might, One Voice show.